This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Five minutes after five o'clock on a finally Friday morning. Good morning, everyone. It's Farm Director Pam Yonke here in Green Bay on the eighth day of March. Last night, the U.S. Champion Cheese Contest culminated in the announcement of the Champion Cheese. Is it from Wisconsin? Is it from somewhere else? And we'll talk more with show organizers that helped to pull the three-day event off with record-setting numbers. That's up after 5.30. We'll check in with Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, and weather details. Looks like today is going to be a little bit warmer, and really the weekend overall is going to be a little bit warmer. We may have to take a back seat as far as temperatures Sunday night into Monday, but middle of next week looks outstanding. He'll have the weather details coming up. When you think of Palmer Amaranth, Water Hemp, Ragweed, and Mare's Tail, doesn't it just make you want to give them the pounding they deserve? Now you can with Diflex Duo Herbicide. It's the post-emergence corn herbicide with two proven sites of action. So you get powerful control of the toughest weeds, built-in resistance management, and excellent crop safety. So don't just hit weeds. Pound them like never before with Diflex Duo. Learn more at DiflexDuo.us. Always read and follow label instructions. You know, these folks don't have capes or superpowers, but they are heroes. They are Wisconsin organ donors. I'm Pam Yankee. By becoming a donor, it's not just that you become a hero. It's your legacy. It's the lives you touch. Al Reich from Barneveld lost his wife in 2001. Her organ donations touched more than 50 lives, including a young father in Kentucky. Well, lo and behold, her kidney, a doctor said he'd never seen a match like that. It matched every single way, 100%. And uh, he had three little kids, and my oldest daughter said, you know, you know, she was 40 at the time, so it was tough for her to lose her mother, but it would be really hard knowing that you were only eight years old. Al Wright from Barneveld. You too can be a hero and leave a legacy that touches lives. Donate Life Wisconsin dot org. Donate Life Wisconsin dot org. The winter is always a time for farm meetings, and we've got lots of farm meetings coming up before we ever get to spring planning or spring field work. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. We've had dairy meetings, corn meetings, soybean meetings, fertilizer meetings, but again. With the new technology and the new research being done, these cover crops are a very important thing because, uh, as we're finding out from research, Pam, they do a lot of good. Yeah, they do, Bob. Fabulous. Farm Bay Pam Yankee, you're at the southern end of the world's longest barn. And one area that is getting more and more attention is one we've had around for a long time, soil health. In Wisconsin, farmers rotate their crops all on behalf of soil health, and it pays dividends. Matt Ruark is a soil scientist on the UW-Madison campus, and he can tell you all about it. It's about enhanced organic matter, and if you're a garden, you know how important that is to your garden. It's the same thing for a farmer, and conferences popping up all across the state to focus in on it, including one that's going to be over in Manitowoc on April 9th with some nationally recognized soil health experts. Talked with Matt Ruark about why organic matter is suddenly back on farmers' radars. Well, so, I mean, there's a lot of interest by farmers in soil health, right? And so soil organic matter is is one part of soil health that people have been measuring for quite some time, right? You get soil organic matter as part of your routine soil analysis, right? And so there's all these advantages to having more organic matter in your soil, right? It improves uh, water infiltration, the amount of water that's held in the soil, provides nutrients and that sort of thing. So as farmers are starting to think about their soil and how to invest in their soil, how do they know they can build soil organic matter or what should they do to build their organic matter are huge questions that they're asking. 
That's interesting. What's the state of our organic matter in Wisconsin? You know, I was talking with you. When we had good commodity prices, we got in some pretty heavy rotations, corn, bean, corn, bean. Mm -hmm. What's our soil matter look like today? Have we done damage that we really do have to repair, Matt? Well, that's a great question. Obviously, that's going to be field by field. The nice thing that we do have in Wisconsin are our winters. So that protects our soil um, over that time. So uh, where we're starting from in Wisconsin is a, is, a, is a great soil to begin with. So that's, that's a good thing. But yeah, there's a lot of practices that we do that can, that can be detrimental to our soil. Now, so if farmers are doing a lot of corn silage, right? So we rely on that corn stover return to that soil to help maintain organic matter. If we're going to demand more from our soil, remove all that carbon, we've got to figure out how to add more back. So manure is a great option. Also cover crops. And we're trying to figure out how to get more of those types of things yeah. uh, working in our systems. Okay, so I leave the stover on top from the corn. But the corn stover I'm leaving today, Matt, is a far cry from what I had 10 years ago with the BMR and some of the traits. Is that quality of stover changing our organic matter? So that's, a, that's also another great question. <laughs> now, the, by having more of that biomass, that carbon return to the soil, that's a great thing. And actually, the slower decomposition from a soil standpoint is actually a fairly good thing. It means more of it's more likely to stay in the soil and lead to a building of organic material. The material that decomposes quickly and goes away uh, is probably not going to lead to long-term building. So we have this kind of, you know, this, this pull, right? This the lever of, well, we have more biomass. It makes the changes to soil temperatures. But now we're having more carbon back to our soil. So there's all these pros and cons. So we've got to figure out how to get everything working together. So how do we, how long does it take for me to improve organic matter? Because I'm with you. I, as a producer, think about one good year of cover crop has scored me 10 years worth of better organic matter. Help me, explain to me this organic matter circle. All right, so it comes to two things. How much more carbon, how much organic material you're putting into your soil, and how you're, how you're protecting your soil. You're allowing it to stay there. So the first part is just getting more stuff into the soil. If you're using manure, especially composted manure, and getting more cover crops, that's a great way to get more uh, biomass into your soil. And then you got to keep it there. And the best way to do that is to reduce tillage. So tillage preserves the carbon that's there. So those two things combined are going to do it. Now, you mentioned time. It's a long-term investment. It, there's just no other way about it. So it's the long-term in investment in soil improvement. So, I mean, we're looking at I, I, it's a 10-year minimum uh, cycle to think about. Uh, you're going to invest in your soil, and you're going to see returns down the road. So the problem is trying to overcome those intermediate economic obstacles in doing so. Right. So, but over time, any, you know, anything you can do to improve your soil will lead to improvement in production down the road. Matt Ruark, along with us, talking about rebuilding our organic matter in soils. So... We see plenty of commercialization on this topic in the marketplace, Matt. Uh, uh, dust, an additive, uh, something in a bag. Have you found any of that to be effective in amping up the speed with which we build organic matter? So those microbial additives to soil are real. They do focus more on plant health than building soil health. You're, you imagine all the microbes. You know, millions of microbes live in one gram of soil, right? So there's you're, the whole system's overwhelmed with microorganisms. So adding a little bit to the soil isn't going to help the overall soil health. It might do it indirectly if what you're adding is improving plant production. That means you're growing more biomass. There's more biomass return. That will generally be better. But it's more that I view as more of a plant health than a soil health uh, process. 
Now, how do I evaluate it? You mentioned that if we pull soil samples, we'll get that organic matter rating. Others want to put a spade in the ground and see earthworms. How can we evaluate if we're making a dent on improving our organic matter? Well, so monitoring soil organic matter, obviously, is the key, right? And that's, that should be part of everyone's routine soil analysis. So keep that. Keep tracking that. That's important. Um, there's all these additional soil health measurements that are being offered by several labs that could also be helpful. That gets more, though, into the microbial activity, all these other things in the soil. So in general, though, if you're improving your soil organic matter, everything else will be improving alongside it. So there's a lot of different things. Maybe we need to start adding some additional measurements uh, to your soil to learn more about your soil condition and the biological activity that's going to track that nutrient availability and, and, the, and the soil condition, and, uh, you know, the soil organic matter itself. Um, so we're still evaluating some of those measurements, though. Which one's the best one to measure? You know, how many should we measure? I think that's still a bit open for debate. We're interested in a lot of measurements on that. You know, you talk about measurements. Our standard soil tests that we're using haven't been changed in decades. Now here we are, Production Agriculture 2019, looking at uh, enhanced hybrids and performance from the bag and pulling bigger yields. Mm -hmm. Are those soil test measurements really still giving us the information we need? Well, certainly for, you know, I mean, organic matter and pH for sure. Those are still pretty reliable. On the soil test, phosphorus and potassium now, right, so we have... Those are, I still feel those are probably fairly good in terms of a response, but one thing that farmers need to be expecting, that is if you're removing more, you might be drawing down faster than you previously were. Yeah. Right. right. I, we talk about soil health. NPK are the big ones we always focus in on. Mm -hmm. Are there specific trace minerals or nutrients that you see, Matt, making a difference on this quest for improved productivity and better soil structure? Well, sulfur would be the first one that comes to mind, right? And so uh, with bigger yields and a lot of these crops still have the, a relatively high sulfur demand, let's not forget sulfur. If you're applying manure, you know, that takes care of a lot of that, right? So, but for those that don't have access to manure that are, that are pushing heavy yields, yeah, let's maybe think about some sulfur. But otherwise, still all the classic things that you're thinking about still pertain. Zinc on corn, manganese on soybean. Uh, boron on alfalfa, right? So those are still key and, and probably more important than ever. We were talking about uh, manure. You said composted manure. A lot of folks uh, not going that route. Uh, we're doing a lot of liquid spreads. Tell me a little bit about the influence on our soil structure, that liquid manure project, or maybe it's uh, more of a solid, more, we're tilling it in fast. Help me understand, am I helping, hurting, or flatlining on soil improvement there? Um, with liquid manure, and especially if it's not separate, so it'll still have a little bit of solid content to it is generally good. If that's kind of the, we'll use that as the standard, that's always good. I mean, so in terms of, the, you know, there's always positive and negatives related to manure. On the soil organic matter side, it's a positive, right? And there's been studies to show long-term liquid uh, dairy manure application can increase your soil organic matter. Um, the composted manure, though, will do it a little bit better, right? Because it takes a little bit longer to break down. It's more likely to stay in the soil. So the, the other place the carbon can go, gets the stuff gets eaten by microbes, and they kick it out as CO2. So we don't want it to get, kick out as CO2 as much. We want it to stay in the soil. Uh, the separated liquid manures, though, right, don't have as much of a solid content, and those may be, have less of an effect. You know, we talk about enhanced yields and how that's the goal of everyone, but it's going to take time. 
Are you noticing that farmers are truly adjusting their practices with that end goal in mind? You know, it's challenging financially. What kind of return on this investment will I see? Yeah, and it's all these intangibles, right? It's all uh, maintaining that soil structure so you can get out there more. So the more organic matter you have in your soil, it means your soil is better aggregated. So it, dry, it, it dries out faster a little bit. Uh, so you can get out. It stays together a little bit better when you have a field operation. So I think the farmers that are doing this uh, are then seeing this, these intangible benefits, something that you can't measure, but it's this idea, can I get a tractor out right now? How, how easy it is uh, to, to get through the field? And it's those sort of things that they're noticing, and that's driving a lot of adoption. We're doing a lot of these measurements, right, to show, to quantify the benefit, but that may be, you know, it's important, right? So there's a definite benefit, but it's less important probably than the farmer noticing it themselves. That's Matt Rourke. He is an associate professor at the UW-Madison in the Soil Science Department and now working with a lot of farmers across the state, whether it's uh, rotating of crops, cover crops, or tillage systems. It's all about improving the organic matter that those farmers were working with today and in the future. And by the way, Natural Resource Conservation Service has several different programs that are doing the same to encourage farmers to pay attention to that organic matter. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Don Cool was standing in line at a convenience store when he saw an elderly man fumbling in his wallet and digging through his pockets. Embarrassed, the man chose to return a box of corn checks to the cereal aisle. Just then, a young man holding two six-packs of Bud Light reached down and scooped up a $5 bill off the floor. He told the old man he saw it fall out of his wallet. The man completed his purchase and left the store. That's when Don saw the young man return one of his six-packs to the cooler. I wish I had been there with Don that day. Why? I would have asked that young man if he'd like to work at Kessler's. But wouldn't he need to know about diamonds? We can give him diamond knowledge. But you don't even know anything about him. I know that he cares about people, and I know that he has character. And those are the main things you look for in your sales associates. Those are the only things we look for. Welcome to Kessler's. Find the Kessler's Diamonds nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com. I-39 Supply would like to take a moment of your time to talk about snowmobile cruelty. If you're cold, they're cold. Bring them in and get an enclosed trailer. Five miles south of Portage, I-39Supply.com. You're my parent, and I'll always need you. No matter their age, your children never stop counting on you. Visit parenting.org or call the Boystown National Hotline at 800-448-3000 for free parenting advice. When you're known for something, word gets around. The Red Zone Sports Bar, notorious for their menu and music. Enjoy Madison's best live music at the Annex inside the Red Zone. When hunger strikes, browse the full menu, including tangy buffalo wings served with the Red Zone's signature sauce, the build-your-own chicken sandwich, and all of your Red Zone dine-in and carry-out favorites. When you visit the Red Zone on Regent Street, you know what you're getting. Menu and music. We're in the zone. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Already 520 now on a finally Friday morning, heading into a weekend where temperatures are really going to fluctuate. Time to check in with Stu Mock, our ag meteorologist. It does look like by the middle of next week, though, we are really going to see a warm-up, huh? 
Sure, there'll be more mild air next week, Pam, but it's going to come at the expense of more precipitation as we look ahead toward next week. Oh, Tuesday night, Wednesday, rain and snow developing, like the possibility we have for tomorrow and into tomorrow night. Low pressure is going to build in from the west. Yes, the temperatures moderate with the south winds ahead of the system, but the low enough from what I'm seeing is most likely going to head as far north as southern Nebraska, even up into central Iowa. What that means is a more likelihood of rainfall all around Wisconsin, even though a winter storm watch is in effect for Buffalo, Trempolo, Jackson counties, La Crosse, Boston South are out of that watch area and are more likely going to talk about some rain, rain and snow, maybe an inch or so of real slushy wet snow developing and otherwise more likely rain. And I've seen some indications that rain amounts upwards of a half inch or so are the possibility. Going to be pretty wet as we head through the mid part of the weekend, not cooling too sharply, even into the later part of the weekend and then like you've talked about more likely some upper 30s and 40s by mid part of next week i'll have forecast details right after this local commercial knowledge with local experience that's how rural mutual insurance has been protecting businesses in wisconsin since 1934 if something unexpected happens to your business wouldn't you want to be protected by a local company that knows you and your needs rural mutual is the number one writer of farms and the third largest writer of commercial business in the state of wisconsin we only do business in wisconsin so premiums paid here stay here to keep wisconsin strong contact your local rural mutual insurance expert or visit us at ruralmutual.com to learn how you can protect what matters most I'm guessing that most people can figure out that I'm a dog person, but really I'm a any animal person. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. But dogs have always had a part in my life from the farm to today. That's why I was really excited to hear about the cutting-edge research going on now at the School of Veterinary Medicine with Dr. David Vale. He's working on a canine cancer vaccine. Can you imagine not having to treat animals with cancer, but instead being able to prevent it? That's just one example of the cutting-edge research right here in our community. But listen, they need more space to move forward with this kind of research. And that's where you come in. It's not just about donating money. It's also about creating conversations in our state. You can write a letter, send an email, make a phone call to your elected officials, letting them know that the UW School of Veterinary Medicine is out of space and needs to expand. Want more details? Jump online. Animals need heroes too. T-O-O.com. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand. Whether you're building a house or a legacy. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And, and we're, we're ready, ready to, to champion, champion rural together. together. Learn more at Compere.com. Compere Financial, equal credit opportunity lender. Today, of course, under a mostly cloudy sky, doesn't sound too bad as we head up into the lower, even mid-30s. Southeast winds will be at 5. Mostly cloudy overnight, down to 22. East winds at 5 to 10. Cloudy tomorrow. Rain and snow develop early, becoming more likely rain and fog later in the day. Like we've said, an inch or so of sloppy wet snow may accumulate. 
upper 30s on Saturday. Windy, though. East winds 10 to 20. They'll gust near 30. That sloppy snow and rain continue overnight. Light snow ends early Sunday. Still a cloudy start and then clearing. More sun by later in the day. Low and mid 30s for highs. Still quite windy, kind of chilly Sunday. West winds 10 to 20. They'll even gust up around 30 miles per hour. Going to keep it feeling chilly, Pam, so keep your eye on the prize. That warmer air for mid part of next week. Alrighty, thanks, Stu. Have a great weekend. We will catch up with you on Monday. It's coming up on 525 after 530. Results from last night's U.S. Champion Cheese Contest here in Green Bay and a quick update on what's going on with the markets headed into today's World Ag Supply Demand Report. It's 525. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help identifying burglary suspects. In the very early morning hours of Wednesday, February 27th, there was a series of smash-and-grab burglaries. MPD's Burglary Crimes Unit is investigating the following business break-ins. Simply Communications at 1903 South Park Street. Northside Liquor at 2801 North Sherman Avenue. Cricket Wireless at 4613 Verona Road. T-Mobile at 2608 East Washington Avenue. Misty Mountain Games at 4672 Cottage Grove Road. In some cases, phones and cash were taken. Investigators believe several cases are connected and it's possible the same criminal or criminals could be responsible for the entire burglary spree. If you have any information regarding these burglaries, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Hey, I got a secret. It's not really that great a secret, but still, mark down March 14th through the 17th on your calendar. Why? Because it's Customer Appreciation Days at McFarland's. Fabulous Farm Babe Pam Yankee here for McFarland's. 780 Carolina Street right there in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. Yep, Customer Appreciation Days. I speak with experience. This is the best deal of the year at McFarland's. Great deals, great savings, and a whole lot of fun. March 14th through the 17th. I don't care what you're looking for, in what department. Remember, they're all under one roof at McFarland's. You're going to find deals. So if you're thinking about those spring projects, everything from gardening right on through to some of that lawn work you're going to have to do or the field work you're going to have to do, maybe it's an event coming up. They'll take care of you. Customer Appreciation Days at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, March 14th through the 17th. If you've been injured in a bad crash, you might think the facts are so clear that you don't need an attorney. Big mistake. Insurance companies have many arguments to reduce settlements, no matter how clear the claim may seem. I'm John Rihala. At Clifford & Rihala, we have the experience you need to take on those arguments and win. Recent example. A young woman was driving when an oncoming car crossed the center line and crashed into her head-on. She was severely injured and paralyzed and needed experienced lawyers. Though her case seemed clear, the insurance companies still came up with lots of reasons why they didn't want to pay. We fought for her and made sure she and her family received the full compensation they deserved. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hard-working, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Kessler's Diamonds was founded on four big ideas. Number one, 
Engagement Ring customers should be able to see every style of engagement ring ever designed. And every possible diamond option. In one place at one time. And that place is Kessler's. Number two, every customer should get the lowest possible price. Without having to negotiate. Number three, if you bought it at Kessler's, it's guaranteed. It's just that simple. Even if you lose a diamond. Including the center stone. We'll replace it. And all maintenance is free forever. Yes, it really is that miraculous. Number four. And this is the big one. At Kessler's, you will always feel like you're among friends. Because you are. Welcome to Kessler's. Visit Kessler'sDiamonds.com to find the location nearest you and to read what customers are saying about Kessler's. We believe you'll be impressed. You want to talk adventure? Let's talk Alaska. Pam Yonke reminding you that space is going fast for our Agriculture Adventure to Alaska, August 20th through September 1st. We'll enjoy the Alaska State Fair, the Alaska Flower Company, and of course, Denali National Park. Don't forget about the three-night Holland America cruise that takes us to places like Ketchikan and Skagway. It's all available to you, but you need to get on my list. And if you sign up by March 31st, you'll save $400 Per person to come along. Now we've got free travel meetings coming up Tuesday, March 12th, Madison Comfort Inn and Suites off East Washington Avenue. Wednesday, March 13th, Janesville Convention Center and the Platteville Pioneer Lanes. On the 14th, Thursday, we'll be at the Best Western in Portage and the Voyager Inn in Reedsburg. Find details at fabulousfarmbabe.net right there on my homepage or call Holiday Vacations today, 800 826 2266 and come along. That's wonderful right there. I can feel it. I can feel it. We welcome in our Badger Hockey Insider, Barry Richter. And according to the Minnesota State Hockey Program, the 64th greatest high school hockey player in the history of Minnesota hockey, ahead of legendary names like Herb Brooks, NHL perennial all-star Jamie Langenbrunner. Two spots, though, behind associate head coach Marco Siki. It's Mark Strobel at number 64, defenseman Hill Murray High School. Wow. Strobel's Hill Murray Pioneers. I saw that article yesterday. I was sitting on it. I don't know if you saw it or not, so I was going to surprise him with it, but same way. Nothing gets We've been by. doing this too long, man. I know. With Twitter today, that, that thing, I knew about it the moment it hit the air, I'm sure. Why weren't you number uh, one, Strobel's? What the hell? Well, I had to play the fix some. fixes in. I did play some team defense too, you know. I wasn't—I didn't want to be too big of a puck hog. The team guy first, but that year we did win the championship, so that was kind of the bottom line: is making sure that the uh, the team won. And you know, going into this weekend for us to to uh, preface, you know, where we're at—that's got to be our mentality: is uh, you know, team first mentality, team defense first is going to create our offense. And you know, we just were at Penn State a couple weeks ago and really liked our effort this past weekend against Michigan. So. For us, uh, again, we got to play tight in our own end and, and make sure we don't get in a track meet with uh, Penn State, and we'll definitely, definitely have a chance to win. Well, Barry, we were just uh, talking when you guys walked in. I mean, and Strobe said it too. On that, I mean, that Friday night game, man, you talk about intensity, just white knuckling, watching the game as a fan, but being entertained. That was an awesome that had, hockey. That game. had every aspect for just awesome college hockey. It was fast paced game, physical, very physical game, um, you know, back and forth, a lot of goals. A lot of drama, and just to have an OT, you know, goal go in with I don't know how many seconds left, just to keep uh, keep them in the mix. You know, they obviously need a little help on uh, Saturday night from Notre Dame. Didn't get it, but you know, you got to like the way the boys are playing and heading on the road. I think it's a it's a good thing. It's a good story for the team. 
All right, uh, Strobes, uh, it's it's the winner. Go home. You know, we we love our March Madness formats, right? In any sport, because it's the bracket, it's the advance or go home mentality. How how does that set up for you guys going into this weekend? Well, I think very well. I mean, you look at the regular season; we're picked sixth, uh, finished fifth. So you know, again. Uh, one spot uh, above, you know, again, where people thought we were going to be. And I think to me, whether you call it overachieving or new season uh, or dark horse, uh, we have nothing to lose. And that has to be our mentality of everything to gain. Um, and again, it comes down to one shot. It comes down to, you know, goaltender getting hot and, and being dialed in for, you know, two, three, four, six games in a row. And you give yourself a chance to get in the tournament. So, I think for us it's a it's a focus mentality, but it's it's also a we have nothing to lose mentality with this group, and uh, you know when they can play a little focus but still loose at the same time, uh, we we've proven we can be pretty good. Well, how about this, Barry? I don't want to jinx it, but we do have this good karma thing going oh, yeah. with Strobes when he comes in. I'm going to be obviously a Wisconsin fan. I'm going to be the world's biggest Michigan Wolverine fan because to Strobes' point. The highest seed advances. How about Wisconsin and Michigan? We'll take round two at the Kohl Center next yeah, week. I, like I don't that. want to jinx it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on. I, I, let me guess. That might go into overtime, too. Yeah, it might be. If that, if that happens. No, I'd love it. I think, again, we match up very well uh, against Michigan. I think they know that, too. And, you know, as Barry alluded to, it, it, had, it had everything. It, it's back and forth. Uh, uh, line rushes down the ice, uh, block shots. There's some, some fights in there a little bit. I mean, there's no love lost. Uh, Again, this whole thing's going to come down to goaltending, I think, and and making sure we don't give up any softies, and making sure that uh, you know whether it's Barry or Lebedev, they give us a chance, and um, we can do the rest in front of them. But you know, you let up a softie, or or our special teams kind of go uh, mm-hmm. on the on the fritz. Uh, that's when a team goes home and a, and a team advances, and and you'll see that in the stat column usually after a game. Strobes, I want you to can you describe the weekend for me because I was watching on Friday. And it's four four overtime. You get that shorty, like you said. And what's what? What was the feeling on the bench when that goal went in? Well, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, well, I was like jumping Tony up and screaming Curtin where I was at. A, so. a forearm smash right to the chest. He was so excited, and then I tried to to neutralize him a little bit, kind of like a hockey fight. And then he tried to put me in the headlock, and so I was I was giving him one back, and then he went to to smash Oz too, and we were excited. You know, our team. I think our players, our kids, our fans, uh, they needed that. They deserve that. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of ups and downs in the season, and especially with this team being kind of young and, and, and then you're kind of playing for senior weekend, too. We, we needed that confidence builder to bury that and to have it shorthanded. And we were going to try it. We were pulling the goalie anyway, uh, you know, even though they had a power play. It was We had to win the game, and, and we had to win it outright in that five-minute overtime. And, and uh, Duke's hell of a shot, boy. He, mm. uh, this is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.35 now on a finally Friday morning. The weather actually looks like it's going to be improving. Our daytime highs for today under partly sunny skies right around 35. Tomorrow, 38. Sunday back down to 34. But Wednesday of next week, we could hit 49 degrees. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. Did you know on this date, back in 1947, the UW basketball team defeated Purdue 72-60, to and that was to win the Big Ten Conference Basketball Championship. The catch is that the game was actually postponed because the stands collapsed, killed three spectators, and injured close to 200. That was on this date back in 1947. And now you know. 
up before 6 o'clock, you will know who the champion cheese is from across the United States. Got a chance last night to do some sampling, visit with the judges, ultimately chat with the organizers of a very successful U.S. champion cheese contest. That's all up before 6. Kind of keeping everything dairy for you this morning. There are plenty of dairy farmers that would really like to see an improvement in the milk price that they're experiencing. The Dairy Pricing Association, headquartered in Taylor, Wisconsin, has an idea. They want to petition the U.S. Department of Agriculture to amend the Dairy Production Stabilization Act of 1983 and basically take some checkoff dollars and use it for purchasing dairy goods for humanitarian aid. Rob Berg is the leader of the association. It's stated in the 83 Farm Bill that at any point dairy producers could petition the Secretary of Agriculture to make a change in that 15-cent mandatory checkoff. And so we're petitioning Sonny Purdue to have two cents of the present 15 cents go to Dairy Pricing Association to buy surplus cheese from the marketplace and provide it to the humanitarian community to help relieve the insufficient nutrient diet of our citizens. That's Roger Berg from Taylor, Wisconsin, one of the leaders of the Dairy Pricing Association. He said right now they're looking for 10,000 signatures before they'll be able to present that petition to U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue. If he supports that and gives us the okay, then we'll come back. The program will be voluntary by the dairy producers, so it'll be on a per-producer basis to say, yes, I want two cents to go to dairy pricing. The two cents where it'll come from will be determined by the Secretary of Agriculture. So he may say, I'll, you can take one cent from the national program, one penny from the state program, and then that money will be used to buy surplus cheese from the marketplace out of the mercantile exchange for the humanitarian community. Roger Berg with Dairy Pricing Association. Now they're still gathering signatures if you want to find out more about their idea of channeling some checkoff dollars towards humanitarian aid. Find details at dairypricing.org. When you think of Palmer Amaranth, water hemp, ragweed, and mare's tail, doesn't it just make you want to give them the pounding they deserve? Now you can with Diflex Duo Herbicide. It's the post-emergence corn herbicide with two proven sites of action. So you get powerful control of the toughest weeds, built-in resistance management, and excellent crop safety. So don't just hit weeds. Pound them like never before with Diflex Duo. Learn more at DiflexDuo.us. Always read and follow label instructions. Hey, I got a secret. It's not really that great a secret, but still, mark down March 14th through the 17th on your calendar. Why? Because it's Customer Appreciation Days at McFarland's. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for McFarland's. 780 Carolina Street right there in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12. Yep, Customer Appreciation Days. I speak with experience. This is the best deal of the year at McFarland's. Great deals, great savings, and a whole lot of fun. March 14th through the 17th. I don't care what you're looking for, in what department. Remember, they're all under one roof at McFarland's. You're going to find deals. So if you're thinking about those spring projects, everything from gardening right on through to some of that lawn work you're going to have to do or the field work you're going to have to do, maybe it's an event coming up. They'll take care of you. Customer Appreciation Days at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, March 14th through the 17th. At Compeer Financial, we understand how challenging farming and this way of life can be. 
And we know you can't predict what the upcoming growing season will bring. So while there's nothing wrong with hoping for the best, preparing for everything is even better. That's why so many farmers look to us to help manage their risk and protect their investment with crop insurance coverage. Contact your local Compeer Financial Crop Insurance Specialist before the March 15th sign-up deadline or visit us at Compeer.com. Compeer Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. All right, I'll let the cat out of the bag that uh, Wisconsin did not capture the U.S. champion cheese for 2019, but we had the first runner-up and the second runner-up, and the award went to the same cheesemaker. Stand by for that. So an overnight electronic trade in front of the World Ag Supply Demand Report update this morning. We're holding a little bit firmer. December new crop corns up a penny and a half at 390 and a half. November beans unchanged right now, 936 and a half. The July new crop wheat up a penny and a quarter, 446 and a quarter. As far as dairy was concerned yesterday, barrel cheese in Chicago was down two and a quarter cents at 142 and three quarters. 40 pound block cheese down two and three quarter cents, 155 and a quarter, while double A butter was unchanged at 225 and three quarters a pound. As far as fluid milk contracts are concerned, the April milk contract finished seven cents lower, fourteen ninety one a hundredweight. The May milk unchanged at fifteen fourteen a hundredweight. You've got to get out to August again before we see fluid milk contracts at or above the sixteen dollar a hundredweight mark, and that's where we're at this morning. All right, like I said, coming up next, we'll introduce you to the first runner up, second runner up producer of a U.S. cheese champion. And the winner, well, that one came from Millersburg, Ohio. I've got the details next from the site of the U.S. Cheese Championship this morning in Green Bay. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Attorney John Rihala with Clifford and Rihala. At Clifford and Rihala, we have the experience you need to help you after any kind of collision. We help people who have been seriously injured, ranging from pedestrians hit crossing the street, people rear-ended by semi-trucks, to victims of drunk driver crashes. No matter how you've been injured, our experienced and skilled attorneys will help you get your maximum recovery. And very importantly, we also know how to protect that recovery. At Clifford and Rihala, we understand that many issues can come up after a settlement is reached. If those issues aren't handled carefully, an injury victim can lose money. Don't let that happen to you. Call Clifford and Rihala. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys, fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. Cool was standing in line at a convenience store when he saw an elderly man fumbling in his wallet and digging through his pockets. Embarrassed, the man chose to return a box of corn checks to the cereal aisle. Just then, a young man holding two six-packs of Bud Light reached down and scooped up a $5 bill off the floor. He told the old man he saw it fall out of his wallet. The man completed his purchase and left the store. That's when Don saw the young man return one of his six-packs to the cooler. I wish I had been there with Don that day. Why? I would have asked that young man if he'd like to work at Kessler's. But wouldn't he need to know about diamonds? We can give him diamond knowledge. But you don't even know anything about him. I know that he cares about people, and I know that he has character. And those are the main things you look for in your sales associates. Those are the only things we look for. Welcome to Kessler's. 
Find the Kessler's Diamonds nearest you at Kessler'sDiamonds.com. She's like your older sister, but louder. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. All right, as we roll our way on a finally Friday towards 6 o'clock, well, last night was a great night for Wisconsin cheese and cheese in general at the KI Convention Center. That's where the 2019 U.S. Cheese Champion was crowned. And although Wisconsin had 10 of the top 20 finalists, it was ultimately a baby Swiss wheel from Millersburg, Ohio, that captured the title. Richard Gugisberg and his team from Doty Valley brought home the U.S. Cheese Champion for this year with a final score of 98.54. Congratulations to him, and you'll hear more from him next week. But I have to pay respect this morning to Marika Penterman from Marika's Gouda team in Thorpe, Wisconsin. She came home with the first runner-up and second runner-up last night with her raw milk Gouda. And boy, I'll tell you, it was uh, time to celebrate. If you've never met Marika, what you may not realize is she chose to be a Wisconsin cheesemaker coming from Holland along with her husband, Rolf, and their children. They are milking cows and truly doing a farmstead-style Gouda in Thorpe, Wisconsin. I talked to her last night after the victory. It's been a really rough winter. Uh, we had a lot of snow uh, that made it very difficult to work on a daily basis with all the things. Uh, and on top of that is that we're sitting in a crisis right now with the milk prices. So uh, it's not really fun because, well, you, and as you know too, I mean, dairy farmers are, they are chosen. They're, they didn't pick the job, they were chosen. And uh, they, they're very passionate people that are not driven by money, but they should receive a fair milk price. Uh, so working with a difficult winter like this and not being rewarded the way they should be uh, makes it really extra tough. So, Well, and uh, you excel in your area of production. It's good to see that you receive the recognition tonight. Talk to me about, many people are not familiar with your chosen profession to come to the United States to study and become a Wisconsin cheesemaker. That was a choice you made. Explain that story. Yeah, so about um, it's about 12, 12, 13 years ago that we decided to make uh, uh, farmstead cheese and add a little bit more value to our uh, milk. Um, I, I came about 50 years from the uh, from Holland, a tiny little country that fits about four or five times in the state of Wisconsin. We have about 18 million people versus the 5 million here in Wisconsin. And uh, with relative lower capital, you can still start something. But I have to say that America completely uh, blew me away uh, because I, I just had about 10,000 euros in saving money. And then my parents did another 5,000. And then my uh, family-in-law built the, the creamery. And here I am today. I mean, so with very, very little money, um, America uh, gave me the opportunity to do what I'm doing right now. And uh, we, I started with one employee, team member, actually. And I have about 35 people right now working with me. And that's only in 12 years' time. We uh, sell our cheese through the whole United States. Um, I think we had about... Um, we had about $600 the first year that we started, um, and now we, uh, we, we produce over 400,000 pounds of cheese, and, uh, and that's where you start with little, 
um, it takes a little while before you get to the point, but sure. America gave me the opportunity to do this. So You're no stranger to the stage for the U.S. Cheese Championship. Your uh, cheese picked it up in 2013. Why do you think your cheese finds such uh, outstanding judges' scores? You do your cheese differently, Marika, than many that do the howdah. Uh, yeah, we were three times second runner-up. Uh, we became first time uh, uh, sec- uh, first runner-up, and in 2013 we were nominated best cheese in America. So we were six times in the top three in the last six years. Um, I I came into our Gouda cows, so our high quality of milk that comes straight from the cheese uh, from the cows into our cheese fat. So we are a farmstead, a true farmstead uh, uh, creamery. That means that we have the cows right there. Uh, where we make, where we produce the cheese, people can come and cuddle with the cow and snuggle with the calf. They can see how we treat our cows, uh, because I do believe that uh, I want to show calves that dairy farmers we love our we love our cows. And with all the, sometimes the not so fun uh, negative publicity that's going on, that is so so wrong. Because you don't become an accountant if you hate numbers. You don't become a stylist when you hate hair. Dairy farmers became dairy farmers because they love cows. And I want to show, we want to show on our farm what we're doing and the love between the dairy farmer and his cows. And um, and I believe that, that that passion and that love is being tasted in our cheeses. Let's talk a little bit about the marketing side because you and I were discussing that just tonight, <laughs> you were on a, a national TV show before tonight and people respond. When they hear a story about where their food comes from or could come from, they respond. Tell me a little bit about how your shop goes crazy when you pick up awards. Yeah, it's so fun to see uh, consumers that appreciate what we're doing. And I'm telling you, that kind of reward keeps us going. That gives us new energy to do the things that we love doing. And uh, recently we were on a big uh, news channel and within 48 hours after that was aired, we had more online orders than we had in the whole year of 2018. We have people emailing, we have people texting, we have Facebooking. Uh, I, I cannot tell you how many great responses we got. And then we had one lady says, I went to my local um, uh, cheese store and I asked for your cheese and the cheesemonger says, you're the eighth person today already that asked for that kind of cheese. And uh, we don't have it. So wherever you are, guys, if you don't have our cheese in your selection, um, I believe that your selection is not complete. So uh, we really want to show, we want to be part of uh, everybody. Uh, we want to be in everybody's refrigerator on a daily basis. And uh, because I do feel like we as cheesemakers, as milk plants, as co-op, we have to do a better job. We're kind of failing a little bit our cheese, our dairy farmers at this point. We have to do a better job at marketing our products and uh, make sure that our dairy farmers get a reasonable price for their products. I've been to your your farm, your shop, Marika. How do you plan for that kind of uh, demand on your supply? Because people have to understand, you are not a plant, per se. You are a farmstead producer. You've got limited space, limited staff. How do you manage through that, kiddo? 
I would say bring it on. So uh, whatever you want, we can produce it. Just give me a little bit time. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we are small. We we have every year about 150, 160,000 people that come visit us, and that shows the interest. That shows the enthusiasm. That's the that shows the the education that people want to learn where the food comes from. And I'm very proud to say that come to us. Uh, we like to show what we're doing on a dairy farm. And uh, if you don't have it, give me give me a chance yeah. to prove that I will have it for you in a very short time. You've also, I know, I've witnessed, you've been in other countries sharing your passion for what you do. Marika and I had the pleasure of being in China, where you tried to share with them, despite the government situation and, and uh, uh, language barriers, how do people resonate with you, producers resonate with you, Marika, outside of the United States? Uh, I think there is a, still a very market, a big market for that. So I believe that there is a, there is in Canada, Mexico, China, uh, I actually sold my first pallet back to the Dutch, so I'm very proud of that. Uh, we are in different countries. We are in Spain, Belgium, Peru, um, England, uh, and Canada. So we are in several, and in Mexico is another one that comes on board. So there is, uh, people want to, they want to know, they love that there is no, not only a cheese on their table uh, that tastes good, but that there is also a story behind it. And uh, if I can inspire anybody with our story, because I never thought I would be where I am today, uh, I would love that then I, then I got the jackpot. No, my jackpot. Speaking of jackpot, so tonight, fantastic results at the U.S. Cheese Championship. Uh, World Cheese Championship will be coming up next year. What is there a biggest award you've ever received, Marika? Is there something where when you walk through the store, through the barn, uh, when you're at your home, is there anything that is particularly a fond spot for you? Oh, there are so many. I mean, isn't it the small moments in life? Uh, but I, I still remember the first compliment that I ever got, the first compliment when we started making cheese. And it was somebody that took time out of his daily uh, job, sent me an email and he says, every time I eat a piece of your cheese, Marika, it brings a smile to my face. And I will never, ever forget that first compliment that I received. Uh, and I was very fortunate to be the first outstanding young farmer, female young farmer, uh, to receive an award. Um, one of the biggest compliments was having uh, the, uh, we entered four cheeses in the eight Gouda category at the World Cheese Competition and we won fourth, third, second and first in the eight Gouda beating against the Dutch. Yes. Are you kidding me? That is such a huge compliment except because it's also a raw milk cheese and that's always more challenging. Um, and also becoming in 2013 the best cheese uh, was huge because it also gave me my green card. That's when we uh, applied for the Extraordinary Ability Route and I became the first cheesemaker that got her green card through the Extraordinary, extraordinary Ability Route because of this championship. Wow. Yeah. So you never know the avenues that it opens. No. But uh, the biggest reward is also the consumer that recognizes us for what we're doing and uh, if I can pay that back at some point to dairy farmers, I would love to do that. She is really something. That's Marika Penterman from Thorpe, Wisconsin. Holland's Family Cheese came home last night with the first runner-up and the second runner-up with her Gouda cheese. You can find all the results online this morning at uschampioncheese.org. As for me, I'm all out of time. From Green Bay, the host site for the U.S. Cheese Championship, I'm Pam Yankee. Have a great weekend, everybody.